Wonderful. Well, I'm really excited to be here tonight. Um, this is my other home, other than Oxford Falls. I used to be a backing singer here. It's my claim to fame. I've never gone anywhere beyond backing singing. I don't know if that's because I'm not that good or because I just couldn't be bothered learning the words. <laughs> when you're a backing singer, no one really knows what you're singing. Um, but, <laughs> but I just loved my time here serving in this house and with these beautiful people. And, oh, gosh, Nat and Hearts are amazing and just want to honour them. I know you know they're amazing. Also want to honour my dad because... He's amazing, and um, one of the reasons I think my dad's amazing is he moved overseas in the latter part of his life. He's not old, but <laughs> in the mid to latter part of his life, and, he, and he's doing such an amazing job sewing into the churches in Europe, and I really salute my dad for all the changes he's made, the upheaval of his life, and um, how... Um, strongly he is sowing into the churches over there and seeing amazing growth in our churches in Europe, which is fantastic. Val, his wife, beautiful wife, can't be here tonight, but that's okay. My husband's here. Babe, <laughs> can you just stand up so everyone can see that beautiful face? Oh, yeah, I know. Do you know my husband used to be a soldier in the army? Only a year. It was compulsory. <laughs> um, so he knows how to make a mean bed and fold a mean sock and fold a mean T-shirt. He had to teach me in the ways of folding, didn't you, babe? That's one of our greatest challenges in our three months of marriage to date. <laughs> and um, he's just wonderful and beautiful, and it's amazing to be blessed by God in such an incredible way. Last time I was with you guys, we were engaged, but we weren't married. So do you want to see what's happened since... I was here last. Do you want to have a look at this photo? <laughs> Do I look happy? <laughs> I look a little bit happy, hey? Yeah. Some people know the journey, that story, um, the, the sort of two-year journey it took to get to that point. So they'll know why I had thrust my flowers in the air in victory after we got married. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it was an interesting and tough journey at times. But God always wins, right? You guys have been doing Romans 8 um, previously, and I, I kind of want to bounce out of Romans 8 and into this message about confidence in God. And um, the message title is, I Am Confident. And what I'm praying for tonight, and what I prayed for this afternoon, is that you guys receive increased faith in the areas of challenge in your world right now. So... This is going to be a message that will have slight practical application, but mostly I just want to impart faith into you. I want you to go away believing that God's really good and that he's going to do amazing things in the midst of your challenges. So um, I believe God's going to give you, you know, we're talking about David and Goliath here tonight. Who knows that David flung one stone at Goliath's head and immediately annihilated him. He fell to the floor with one stone. I believe God's going to give you in this room tonight, some of you, one stone. Just one stone, and that's all that you're going to need to annihilate the enemy. And, you know, the other thing that happened too is David had this amazing confidence. He was 17 years old, but he ran at that giant like he knew who was going to win, and he did know who was going to win. In fact, he knew this one thing, and I love this so much because I came up with it. 
<laughs> but he knew this one thing. What was it? It was that God never loses a battle. Never. So whatever you're walking through right, right now, you have to know this tonight. God never loses a battle. In fact, Roman talks, Romans 8 talks about the whole spectrum of human challenge, all the way from just a, a, having a bit of pressure applied to your life all the way through to death. In fact, it describes seven or eight things. And as you look at those things, you realize that they kind of go up in intensity. And it goes from just feeling pressure in your life, maybe it's financial pressure, relationship pressure, whatever kind of pre pressure at work. God's just as much in that as he is all the way to the end of the spectrum of human challenge, which is ultimately death. And God wins every challenge on that spectrum all the way from pressure to pain, from discomfort, all the way to death, he wins every challenge. Even in death, the Bible says, death, where is your sting? Where is your sting? Because even in death, God has overcome death. He raised Jesus from the dead. So even in the worst possible circumstance, he still wins. So you might be thinking, how is he going to win in the thing that I'm walking through right now? I don't know if I've got that confidence. But I want to impart confidence to you here tonight. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel 17. And I'm just going to pick little bits out of it that hopefully will increase your faith here tonight. I'm going to start with uh, verses 1 to 7. So if you've got your Bibles, 1 Samuel 17 verses 1 to 7. I'm going to quickly read through this. It says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Azekar in Ephes Demin. And so, that's not important. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span, about nine meters, I believe. Nine feet. Someone correct me. He, had a, he was big. He was really big. <laughs> he had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and the shield bearer went before him. So someone had to carry his shield. It was so huge. And then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. You know, in verse 11, it says this, When Saul and Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I've circled these words because I want to ask you here tonight, what words that you have heard either now or in your lifetime, that have brought a feeling of great dismay or brought a feeling of fear to your life. You know, Goliath makes this appearance before the people of God. And the enemy loves to sow fear into our lives. And the way that the people of God reacted to this was not with confidence. <laughs> in fact, for 40 days and 40 nights, they were completely glued to the ground in fear, unable to move, unable to react, greatly dismayed. But there was a kid, a little kid by the name of David, 
And you know, he knew something about God. And I said this before, I'm going to repeat it again. God does not lose battles. How did David know that? Because he said, I've been in the desert and I've, I've fought against a lion, I've fought against a bear and the Lord has delivered me out of all those things and I know that the Lord's going to de deliver me today. Some of you need to go back and remember some of the things that the Lord has delivered you out of and take that faith and bring it into the present. Oh, I spat, I'm so excited. <laughs> Take that faith, bring it right into the present. And that's what David did. He took this, the history that he had with God. You know, God can teach you things just in the very small challenges of life about his goodness and his faithfulness. And it, as you begin to amass like a history with God, the greater the challenges get, the more confident you're going to be in front of them. And I love, I love what David did because whilst the whole of Israel was freaking out, David said, I'll take him on. And he actually spoke a declaration of victory over the circumstance before he had even won. How amazing is that? He had such a confidence in God that he was able to say, oh, look, I know this is going to be fine. I know we're going to win this. And do you know what? At the time, he probably didn't even know how he was going to win it. But he did what he knew to do. He got his little stone out of the brook. In fact, he got five of them. He only needed one. You might have 50 billion scriptures at the moment. You're trying to fight, 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 fight with all your scriptures. You might only need one. But if it's one that's been given to you by God, that's the thing that's going to take out the enemy. So you've got to remember that. You know, you don't need to fearfully gather all of your scriptures <laughs> I mean, the Word of God's powerful, hey, but sometimes it only takes one thing, and that thing will embed itself into the head of the enemy. I love, too, that David's victory was not just a little, oh, um, I'm going to throw this stone, Goliath will die, and then we'll leave it at that. David's win over Goliath was decisive. <laughs> and in fact, you know, when we look at Romans 8, 31 through to 39, it talks about us being more than conquerors through the love of Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors. That means we don't just get to win, we get to win decisively. In fact, in Australia, I think it's called a good thumping. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, you can give the devil a jolly good thumping if God is on your side. And do you know what David did? I love this because it's just such a stick it to the devil moment, stick it to Goliath moment. But he throws this throws the stone, goes into Goliath's head. Goliath falls to the ground. David doesn't finish with that. He runs towards Goliath. And do you know what? David didn't even have a sword. So do you know what he did? He got Goliath's sword and he went and chopped off Goliath's head. You know, the thing that the enemy has been threatening you with, you can chop off his head with the very same thing and get a decisive victory in God you don't even, yeah, you don't even have to have a sword. You can take the enemy's sword from him and pfft, that's it, done. Decisive victory, more than enough. You know, on, on David's day one, you know, I, I always think about this. The Israelites were dealing with Goliath for 40 days and 40 nights, right? And they still couldn't muster enough confidence to do anything about it. But on day one of the challenge, here comes David, this little kid, and he takes out Goliath. And I think about, what would it be like for us if we had the confidence of David on day one of our challenges? What would it be like if we were able to look 
our challenges in the face and declare defeat before we even saw the victory. That's the kind of faith that God wants to impart into you tonight, into your heart. You might think there's no way I have that faith right now. There's no way I'm anywhere near that kind of faith. But do you know, even on day 129 of your challenge, you can still be imparted with confidence by God and win the battle. It doesn't matter how far through the journey you are, God can impart confidence to you tonight about what you're going through. Maybe it's something small. Maybe it's like, oh, you know, I just, I'm feeling challenged at my job. I feel like it's just weighing down on me. Has anyone ever been there? There's just too much to do. No one's helping. I'm dropping the ball left, right, and center. I'm using this example because I'm very familiar with it. (laughs) And, you know, maybe it's that kind of pressure. Or maybe you're going through something a whole lot more serious than that. Do you know God has never met a challenge that he cannot win? You know, no challenge has ever freaked God out, caused God to stumble, caused God's legs to shake, caused him to cower in fear. No challenge will ever cause God to be in fear for your life because if he's involved in the story, it's all going to end really, really well. Really well. Do you know, um, I used to watch those... Hollywood movies and and the more movies you watch the more you are conditioned to believe that (laughs) if everything's going nicely that something really bad is about to happen in the story do you know what I mean and Pastor Phil's talked about this the last couple of weeks but I I was like that's so true you know the movie starts and it's all beautiful and wonderful and and then a tragedy happens boom just like that Or you get to the end of the movie and it's been quite nice. The movie's been quite lovely and it's, you know, you know, stirred your soul and you feel great about life and then all of a sudden the main character dies two minutes before the credits. Have you ever been to those movies? I.e. message in a bottle, ladies. Yes. The notebook, ladies. Did anyone walk out of those, that cinema just in shock? I think Nicola Sparks has cornered the market on inappropriately shocking endings (laughs) in movies but you know do you know what in God every story ends well isn't that amazing every story ends well you might think well I don't know how this story is going to end well I'm telling you right now friend you need to invite God into the story you need to ask him to come and be part of the story and the truth is you can't win on your own You know, David was walking up to Goliath and he had a confidence on the inside. But actually, in his own strength, his own strength, because David was a little 17-year-old, there's no way he could have taken on, with his own muscle, this huge behemoth of a man, Goliath, and come out on top. There was no way in the natural, really, that David could have won this battle. But it was a supernatural battle because God was involved. And so David knew, oh, look, God never loses a battle. It's going to be all fine. And so he didn't use his strength or his muscle to try and get through the challenge. He used the the strongest thing he had at his disposal, his God. Isn't that amazing? You know, he connected with and remembered the strength of God. Here tonight, you need to remember the strength of God. 
And some of you here tonight need to remember the goodness of God as well. Maybe you've forgotten that he's just really, really, really overwhelmingly good at all times. God is incredible and he's not going to let you down. Amazing. So, so who wants to be a day one person? Day one of the challenge, it's all going to be okay. David declared the goodness and the love of God into his situation. And, and at the end of tonight, I want us to have a moment where, where, you know, you might be coming out of a challenge right now. In fact, a famous preacher said, you're either going into a trial, you're in the middle of a trial, or you're coming out of a trial. So this kind of covers the whole spectrum of, of people in this room right now. You might be going into one, you might be in one, you might be coming out of one. But at whatever point you're at, you can still declare the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God over your situation and see things move. 1 Samuel 17, 37, it says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Everyone say, he will. What you can't do, he will. Isn't that awesome? And you know, God doesn't call us to passivity. You know, we don't sort of sit around and wait for God to fix everything. But what you can't do, he will. And there are some things we can't do. And there are some moments in life where we, we realize we have run out of our own resources. There's nothing we can do. I had one of those moments a few years back, and most of you know the story, but I, was, I had been through a moment of, or a season of illness and I lay down on the couch and I had exhausted all of my natural resources, my ability to try and understand what was happening to me. I did everything I could, got myself in a worse position than I should have been in even at the beginning. And I lay down on the couch and I looked up to the ceiling and this was the cry of my heart to God. One word was help. I said, help, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Some of you are in that point, at that point in your journey right now, and you're saying, help, I don't know what to do. And you're doing your very best to get through the challenge, and you're exhausted. <laughs> you've come to a point where you've exhausted your resources, and you are literally exhausted, and you don't know if God's going to come through. I'm telling you here tonight, all you have to do is look up and say, help, help. Humanity needs help <laughs> from the one person that created us who knows exactly what to do. You know, the word says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That means sometimes you don't know the way, but he does. He's the truth. Sometimes you have no idea what the truth is. It's really hard to try and walk through a battle or a challenge when you don't know what the truth is, right? We actually don't, you can't even put your finger on the problem. You're like, oh God, I, I know I've got, a, I've got a challenge in front of me, but I, I don't even know how to put words to it. I don't even know what it is. I don't know what to call it. Jesus is the way and the truth. He knows, he knows, and he's the life. He can bring life to any dead situation. Amazing. No matter the size of the giant tonight, little or big, might be a little giant, <laughs> but it's still no match for the power and the love of God. If God can overcome death, he can help you with your challenge here tonight. 
that's true. Some of you need to receive that. It's like a little arrow going out. If God can overcome death, he can help you with your challenge tonight. Wow. You know, it's the kind of confidence that David had that it wouldn't matter what happened throughout the journey because we know that it's not always on day one that we actually win the battle, right? We don't always win the battle on day one like David did. He rocked up, smote the giant. (laughs) Sometimes for us, it's a little bit more of a journey than that, hey. But you know, and, and there's like the beginning of the challenge and the end of the challenge, and then there's all these little bumps along the way, valleys, Mount, hang on, valleys, <laughs> mountains, valleys, mountains, victories, defeats, victories, defeats. You need to know at the end, it's all good. It's all victory. It's all victory. He causes you to be more than a conqueror. But what happens on the way? On the way, we have these little, these little challenges. But God can bring you to victory in all those little challenges on the way to the big ending, the big ending of the challenge. And I love, um, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. I think this is one of the most confident speeches in the whole entire Bible. This is the language of faith right here. He says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses. That's interesting, isn't it? Let's just stop, say la, pause and think on this. No, I just hate that word. So I thought I'd stop and let it marinate. Uh, I will give the carcasses, car, carcasses? <laughs> the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord doesn't save with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. This is the ultimate Old Testament version of the famous Crocodile Dundee line. You know it. That's not a knife. That's not a knife. This is a knife. That's essentially what David was saying right there. I watched that movie a few weeks ago and I just, oh, what a great scene. That's not a knife. This is a knife. That's what David's saying. He says, I see your weaver's beam. I see your spear. I see your whopping great shield. It is no match for God. It is no match for God. It all looks big. It looks big and intimidating and defeating, but it is no match for God. God's way above all that. He will give you into our hands. I love that ultimate version of that's not a knife. This is a knife. So David approached the giant with confidence. I think maybe sometimes our approach needs to change. Maybe tonight your approach needs to change. Maybe you're here thinking you've, you've been in this position in your challenge And you need to stand up and get in fighting position. Maybe you've been cowering in fear and just hoping and pleading that the Lord will help you. And your your prayers are full of fear. They're full of angst. They're full of anxiety. But, you know, if you would just stand up today and remember, God is God and this challenge is nothing, is no match for my God. You know, David ran toward that giant. He didn't kind of... um, Let's just see what happens. 
I'm just going to try and go round him. He just ran straight ahead into that thing because he had no fear. We run with the knowledge of God's faithfulness. I love that. Awesome. I'm going to keep repeating myself because it's good for you. (laughs) But we are called not just to get by in life. We are not called to just make it over the line. We are called to have a decisive victory. Without God, we might just get by. Without God, we might just scrape through, actually. But with God, there's no getting by. There's no scraping through. In fact, God will exceed your expectations. I'll get a little bit personal for a moment. Shall I? (laughs) Okay. This is what I do at Silverwater. (laughs) I get a bit personal. It's family. So anyway, so I got married this year. (laughs) And, um, And as I said before, the two years leading into getting married were not easy. And I, and I had grown up, I haven't rehearsed this part, so I'm just trusting God, but I, <laughs> I had grown up kind of very hopeful about the kind of person I would marry. In fact, I think I was a little too hopeful. It was Superman or nothing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, and as I got older, I just started to lose faith and confidence in God. And I just started to lose, it wasn't like, It's not like I lost faith that he was going to come through or that the desires of my heart were going to be fulfilled. But I started kind of going, oh, maybe I'll just settle for this. And look, to be honest, I was never going to settle for anything less than some, some of the things I had in my heart. But in some areas, I was thinking maybe I'll just kind of, this will be fine. This will get by. This will do me fine, right? So... I got to the age of probably 38 and met Glenn and um, and I'm telling you, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I can say by experience <laughs> that God exceeds expectations, that God exceeded my expectations. I thought that I'd get a good man. I didn't realise I'd get Glenn Francis. <laughs> so girls, don't you worry. <laughs> He's out there somewhere. <laughs> he might be in South Africa in the army. He might be <laughs> He might be traveling around the world being a naughty boy, but he's coming to church eventually. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and um, God exceeds our expectations. Amazing. God is amazing. <laughs> God is amazing. Do you know what David did? Um When he had defeated Goliath and chopped off his head, he did this other thing that's quite gory. I'm sorry I'm going into detail here, but it's such an important part of the story. He actually took Goliath's head, and this was something that they did in in the days of battle. And he took Goliath's head and he actually paraded it before Israel and before the Philistines. And so what that head said to Israel was that God is God and there is no other. God does not lose battles. And do you know what the message to the Philistines was? Exactly the same. God is God, there is no other, and God does not lose battles. Isn't that amazing? So so that's how decisive the victory is. Not only do you get victory, but all the people that get to hear your testimony also get to experience victory. 
and I, I, I remember thinking about this, you know, David picked up this huge head. It would have been massive. And he paraded it before Israel and he took it to Saul. And that head was a testimony of the goodness, the faithfulness, the power of God, that God never loses a battle. And so when you win, all these other people around you win. And so the very thing that the enemy sought to destroy in you, in your life, becomes a testimony to make sure that no one else gets ripped off in the same way, that nobody else um, has uh, the, the things that God has destined for them ripped out of their hands. But you have a testimony. So you get that head. If you've overcome something <laughs> and you show it to people, you share it around and you say, you know what? God is God. There is no other. And God never loses a battle. It's amazing. Amazing. All right. So I want to just lastly share a story with you. Wow, it's gone so quick. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to have time to sing and get prayed for and declare victory into our circumstances, which is going to be great. Um, but I just love this story. It's about a young lady called Wilma Rudolph. Has anyone ever heard of Wilma Rudolph? She was a, a famous runner. But what you probably don't know is that Wilma Rudolph suffered from polio as a child and it left her with a crooked left leg. She wore metal braces and had to have treatments over six years. At age 11, through sheer diligence and determination, she forced herself to walk without braces for the first time. Her older sister was a good runner, and at age 12, Wilma started to think about running. What a decision. She then presented herself with diligence to be a runner. She talked to the coach and asked for special time. He said, I'll give it to you, Wilma. In two years, she outran every other girl in her high school in Clarksville, Tennessee. A year and a half later, she outran every other high school girl in the whole state of Tennessee. Did I just say that? No. <laughs> it sounded the same. Two years later, in 1956, she ran the Olympics in Melbourne, Australia and won the bronze medal. Four years later, in 1960, in Rome, she was ready. She paid the price. She won. And she won big. She won the 100-metre dash, she won the 200-metre dash, and she anchored the United States relay team and won three gold medals. Amazing. What began as a challenge for Wilma Rudolph ended in decisive victory. She was definitely someone you could put in the category of more than an overcomer. She didn't just learn how to walk. She learned how to run. She didn't just learn how to run, but she became the fastest runner in history at that time as a female. Unbelievable. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? Yet in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I love that. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? You know, sometimes when you're in that challenge, right in the midst of it, you can assume that God's gotten up and left. Sometimes it can really feel like he's gone. But this scripture tells us that nothing, not tribulation, all the way through to death can separate us from God's love. It's a pretty comprehensive list. That means we are overcomers under pressure. We are overcomers in places of distress. We are overcomers in places of mistreatment. 
We are overcomers in hunger. We are overcomers when we're vulnerable and without the basics. We're overcomers in danger and we are overcomers in death. No challenge is safe when God is involved. Isn't that amazing? No challenge is safe when God is involved. In every situation of life, you have reason to be confident that God will walk you into victory. But not just victory, decisive victory. Amazing. And as I said, you know, it all ends well. And I love this. You know, as, as Aussies, we often say, I might get the band up actually as we come to a close, but um, we always say as Aussies, you know, we're going through stuff and we say, it's all good. I don't know why we say that. <laughs> it's all good. And I remember my boss saying to one of our students once, so I work for C3 College. Who's here from C3 College? Yes, a few of you. Fantastic. Um, my boss said to me, Pam Borrow, you may know her, she said to this student, she said, no, it's not all good. When this person, and this person was like, oh, okay. But what she was saying was, you know, it's, it might not be all good now, but with God, you can definitely say, it will all be good. It will all be good. There's not a challenge that is beyond his sight or his ability. Amazing. God is calling us into victory tonight. He's showing himself in a new way. Maybe you've never had God described to you in this way. You know, the word says that he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's also the lamb. You know, he's the lion and the lamb. Sometimes that's hard to equate. He's both fierce in his love for you. And he's also gentle and humble and beautiful. He'd lay down his life for you and he did. There's no extent that he didn't go to. You know, Jesus didn't budget his love for you he gave it all God sent the thing that was most precious to him in all the world and he gave it to you as a free gift why don't you just close your eyes and bow your heads right now I'm going to ask a question God never restrains himself in his love he doesn't keep any in reserve he doesn't hold any back for a rainy day. So why is it that when we face a challenge in life, we think he's walked away from us, that he leaves us there alone? He's not withholding from you. It's not even in God's nature to withhold from you. He can't do it unless it's something that's going to bring you harm. It's the only, only time he would. He's faithful. 